Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ruben Williams, and with me, as always, is the personable Ryan Walker. How are you today, Ryan? I'm fantastic, Rhodes. Feeling the big energy today. Another huge guest uh, joining us in the studio. Uh, so very excited for this one. How are you going? Very well. Also excited. As you said, huge guest from the world of sports technology. Up the ranks a bit this week as well, which is always nice to hear from people at the top. So excited to hear uh, all about things sports tech leading up to the sports technology conference coming up. Fantastic, mate. Well, I think you're going to lead us off today, and I, I think that there should be no more sort of, uh, I guess we can say, crap talk from us. I think we just get straight into this <laughs> one because it's going to be an absolute cracker. So who have we got today? Lead us off. Absolutely. Firstly, thank you very much for, for being a part of the show today, for downloading, for getting involved. We really appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens to the podcast. Today, we're talking to Cam O'Reardon about learnings from a career in sports technology. Cam is a presenter at the Australian Sports Technology Conference coming up on the 20th of November. So we want to get to know Cam before he shares some of the work he's doing at the conference. We've also got an exclusive discount code for those looking to attend. You can use SGRAD30 at the checkout and save 30% off the price of your ticket. You can find the link and code in the show notes. It's going to be an awesome event for those who love learning it is the leading sports tech event in the world, led by the guys at Sports Tech World Series. And if you're lucky, you might be able to tune in to myself, who will be presenting about building a career in sports there. But there are going to be plenty of other world-class speakers from around the globe, all talking about how they've managed to tackle an unprecedented year in the world of sports technology. For those listening for the first time and thinking, what is this show? Who are these two guys? The Sports Grad Podcast is your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I myself am a graduate from Deakin University in Melbourne and Ryan is a graduate from Notre Dame, Australia in Perth. A few years back, we both made the jump into working at Cricket Australia together and now our aim is to help you do the same in whatever way, shape or form that may be in the sports industry. As I mentioned today, we are joined by Cam O'Reardon, Director of Sales and Marketing at Sports TG and a board member for the Australian Sports Technologies Network. Cam is a professional sales leader with a passion for sports, digital and technology and has over 10 years of experience in sales, marketing, communications, project management and account management. Cam spent eight years working at the NRL as the League Net Programs Administrator and as we mentioned is presenting at the upcoming Australia Sports Tech Conference. Cam, welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. Thanks very much, Ruben and Ryan. Uh, glad to be here and uh, really appreciate uh, the introduction. And as you mentioned, anyone who is uh, keen about learning more, I'd strongly encourage them to get along to the Sports Tech World Series. I can sort of vouch for the conference itself and uh, it's a, certainly a fantastic global event. Cam, you've, you've been up on uh, the Central Coast, I've heard, uh, for the past, well, you live there, but... How's it sort of been during the COVID time? I know me and Rubes are extremely jealous. Um, still 
kind of locked inside, I guess. But uh, how's it been up there? Uh, yeah, look, it hasn't been too bad. Uh, we've sort of been fairly lucky here uh, in New South Wales for the last few months, uh, being able to get out and about and uh, being able to uh, see a few customers face-to-face and potential customers at the same breast. So that's always good to be able to see people face-to-face. But, you know, our head office is down in Melbourne and uh, my colleagues have been doing it fairly tough. So I'm glad to see things are starting to pick up there and, uh, and uh, you're able to start moving out and about and things are going back to whatever the new normal becomes. Cam, as a resident of the Central Coast, I believe you'd have had a few run-ins with Usain Bolt during his time at the Mariners. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, a couple of years back, he uh, made a, a fleeting appearance and uh, lived in the same unit block as some relatives of mine. So uh, we did bump into him from time to time and uh, he certainly uh, brought brought a bit of flair and excitement to the Mariners for what was a, a very short-lived career in football. A shout out to you, saying he'll he'll be listening um, to this episode, no doubt. But Cam, a lot of listeners uh, would have touched a sports TJ platform without really knowing who you are. Can, can you share a bit about the business and and what you guys set out to achieve? Yeah, that's a, a great question, um, Ryan. And uh, you know, our business has been around in Australia, uh, founded out of Melbourne for for over twenty years now. So coming up on its twentieth year, which is quite fantastic and it started many years back just to simplify the administration and sports management of teams and competitions uh the initial pain point was uh the couple of founders back in the time they they were sick of going to their local basketball court and having to go to a notice board to see who they were playing and see where they were coming in their competition ladders so they went away went about digitizing that and that's how uh the the business was founded and and where it is today and you know simplifying sports administration at many levels from professionals, uh, administrators at national governing bodies and national sporting associations, right through to grassroots volunteers where we have our biggest touch point and making their lives a lot easier. And, you know, we have a variety of different parts of our ecosystem, which uh, I'll no doubt touch on a little bit more later on. I reckon I've seen your logo on the on the bottom of our uh, grassroots football uh results platform i'm wondering if uh, you've got a contact that we can talk to in the future if we need a few results fixed up but um other than that what are some of the other main projects and the initiatives that you guys are currently working on yeah uh, well we, we've got as i was saying before we, we've got four key pillars of our business from managing members and understanding your members to competition management where you know you're not performing your best, Ruben, on the weekends and you need your, your results fixed, so you're, you're coming higher in the ladder, uh, to event management and ticketing. So it could be anything from a grassroots club presentation night right through to a mass participation fun run, uh, through to digital websites and e-commerce where we actually power 18 AFL clubs' online shops. In So whatever merchandise is being sold and we're just coming back off the back of the uh, Richmond Tigers uh, grand final win and the, the merch is... Uh, Online sales has just been absolutely insane in the last few weeks. Uh, as a business, we're just about simplifying the lives of the sports administrators and in particular the volunteer so they can understand who their participants are and make informed decisions for their sporting organisations. I reckon I heard some stats around the merchandise sales after the Bulldogs won the AFL Grand Final in, in 2016 is uh, the sales off the back of an AFL grand final something you can you can budget for or is you just got to kind of take it as it comes and see what fans resonate with? Uh, 
It will ebb and flow depending on who the club is. So Western Bulldogs, perfect example. Uh, we used to like to say that if you had an e-commerce shop with us, uh, you were a chance of winning the grand final because that's been the case for the last nine years. <laughs> now we've got all 18 clubs, so we can't claim that. We can't claim that anymore. Um, however, in a four-day period after the uh, grand final this year uh, with the Richmond Tigers, there was $1.3 million worth of online sales through their online shop in a four-day period, which was just absolutely insane. Mm. And then you throw in the online auction platform, which is used for fundraising, and you had a Dusty Guernsey up there that went in excess of 30K. Uh, I don't know who has a spare 30K laying around to to bid on a Dusty Guernsey, but uh, a couple of people, as a couple of people did. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the the main projects and initiatives um, Sports CG is currently working on? So the the last one that uh, has just come out in the last couple of weeks, which has been really exciting, has been our uh, event management platform and ticketing platform. Uh, so there there aren't a lot of events taking place, so we've used the time wisely to to build and improve that product, which now issues a digital ticket, which is available via our game day mobile app same place where you see your fixtures and your draws and your results. And that now allows administrators to check in individuals into an event and timestamps the date and time they're at an event. So it's very COVID-friendly, COVID tracing. You need to know who's in your venue, who's attending a match, the date and time they've attended. So through our events platform and our COVID attendance tracking uh, functionality, it's been something that we've been able to move towards to make lives easier for sporting administrators uh, instead of having to manage two or three different systems as well. Cam, Rubes and I have both sort of had touch points in in terms of grassroots sport in both our career and sort of on the weekend with our local club and all that kind of thing. Just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of what's the future of grassroots sports management platforms? Like what's the next thing that's going to sort of happen? Um, Because I know there's plenty of platforms out there that sports are trying to – you know, get on on their side and basically make the, the lives of volunteers and players easier. What what do you see as sort of the next the next sort of stage in that? Yeah, look, and, and there's a lot of competitors in the market here in Australia and abroad that that we come across regularly. Uh, one of the things is being able to provide some tools and resources to sporting organisations to make informed decisions. I really think that's the important piece. It's great, you know. Any, any organization or sports tech company can come up with a membership platform or an event platform and there's many different iterations of them in the market and we're one of those players. What we've been able to do to take that to the next level is benchmark that um, with interactive business intelligence tools. Um, so an organization can make an informed decision but also track their own KPIs. So through our one of our uh, newer products in the market that we've got, which we're quite excited about, we, we've partnered with a business intelligence platform called SciSense, uh, a, a company uh, that's growing in Melbourne at the moment. And sporting organisations are now setting their KPIs for growth, for participation rates, for retention, and to get a holistic view of what their sport's doing. And what that's going to do is help sports make informed decisions rather than ad hoc decisions and decisions based on gut instinct and we think that's going to be a game changer in the market for us and the and our major customers i think that's going to be a sensational tool for for volunteers as well and we often advocate for getting involved at grassroots 
clubs and volunteering your time and using that space to show your initiative and do impactful work. Part of the impact um, that we advocate for uh, is, or part of knowing the impact that you're creating requires measuring it. And often it's hard to kind of measure, you know, have I been able to increase participation this year or how much have I been able to increase revenue by? And that's often the most impactful part for students when they get to an interview to say, I volunteer the grassroots club, I implemented these actions and it led to the result of revenue or participation growing by this much. But sometimes it's hard to back it up with numbers. If you've got a tool like what you're talking about that can say, yeah, we increased increase participation by, you know, 30% this year, then that's extremely valuable for someone to use in an interview going forward. Absolutely. And it's also about aggregating that data for sports as well. So we, we realize we're not a one-stop shop for all sports and there's many different um, systems and digital platforms that they're using in their wider ecosystem. And we like to think that we can play a role to plug and play into those various systems. And we've got a number of strategic partnerships with other sports tech companies based out of Melbourne, based out of Queensland and right around Australia and internationally. And I think the key, as you said, is making those informed decisions, being able to look down at a particular club and say, well, this club's grown by 20%, overlay those statistics with, uh, you know, population available and information available through the Australian Census. And you can say that, well, this club might need X amount of more resources or we might be able to form a new club in this particular area. So it's about helping that sport grow as well. I reckon as well, it's like across all types of clubs, one club can almost wants to run as like a full business. So like the platform that you provide is perfect, whereas there's one down the road that might have three teams and just want to get them on the park but still need some sort of platform to run. So I can imagine for you guys it's sort of a – it's a challenge to try and obviously, um, you know, appeal to, to all clubs and try and sort of be that number one platform, but it'd be sort of a fine line in trying to, you know, fit for, for both types of those clubs. It can be quite quite difficult. Absolutely. And the the uh, level of knowledge and the people at the clubs differs greatly. Like yourselves, I've been involved with grassroots clubs and sport all my life from it being a referee to being a coach at a grassroots club and sitting on the local committee. And you see that difference between a club that has all the large teams. They have to run well because they're so large and they have to have all their processes lined up and everything in place. So they do run it like a business. But that club that only has three or four teams, they don't have that volunteer reach. They don't have that infrastructure but they need to put those things in place to grow. So part of what we do is try to educate those volunteer administrators. And what, one of the things that we, we, we've we tried to do as well is educate them on how to use our platform in their own time. You know, we, we might run webinar sessions, but they can't attend because they're at work or they've, they're looking after their kids or whatever it may be. So we've actually developed a our own e-learning um, content about how to use our platforms efficiently and effectively so people can go on, do that e-learning in their own time, at their own pace, and actually even get accredited for it, which we think is pretty cool. Awesome. For those people looking to get involved in that, where can they find those resources? Uh, it's just available straight from our help site or off our um, our website. So www.mygameday.app is the website that they can go to to find out more information. Sensational. 
Back to you, Cam. As director of sales and marketing, what are some of the main roles and responsibilities that you have in your in your job? Yeah, so uh, me personally, I, I sort of look after our, our wider uh, growth and revenue team uh, across our international markets. It's been a, obviously a challenging year for everyone and we not only have offices here in Melbourne and, and Sydney uh, where most of our staff are based, we've also got some staff in New Zealand and the UK. So it's managing the staff in those regional offices uh, as well as trying to educate the staff and help them learn and ensure that our customer and our our customers are retained and we're growing at the rate that we need to grow at as a business and being able to manage that efficiently and effectively. Um, what one of the most exciting partnerships we've been able to to get on board uh, was an international customer called the International Bowling Federation. They used to be called World Bowling. They just rebranded. So it's the international governing body for 10-pin bowling. Uh, and uh, we, we've brought them on a, as a customer right in the middle of COVID. So it's really been you know, being able to manage those conversations in international time zones, manage the staff, manage the project to make sure that it was going to be rolled out successfully. And pleasing to say, uh, only two or three days ago, they actually went live with their registration. So it's quite exciting for us to get that up and running. What do you what do you love most about working in sports tech and, and what sort of opportunities do you see existing for students and graduates looking to, to build a career in sports tech? It's uh, it's a growing industry and uh, it's something that um, I'm pretty passionate about and sort of evolved through my own uh, personal career. Uh, I, I, vent- I originally started using some of the solutions when I was back running as an 18, 19-year-old running competitions at the local league uh, in my first job out of school. Um, so it was quite exciting for me to see, see where it's come to now. My main... Uh, I guess the thing I love about it the most is I get to work with a whole variety of different sports. I get to work with a whole variety of different individuals. So we get to deal with CEOs from international governing bodies like I touched on and CEOs and heads of commercial at national sporting organisations here in Australia and abroad, right down to Joe who's cooking the barbecue at the local footy club uh, to teach him how to use a platform. So the diversity in in terms of the individuals that we get to work with, it keeps you grounded, it keeps things real, and I love that. And being able to work with not just one sport, I'm a sports nut, and I imagine you guys are listening to your podcast and listening to you guys talk today. Uh, I, I know you are. And uh, being able to work with a whole heap of different sports and not just pigeon your whole self into one sport is certainly um, one of the – the perks of this job, which I love, and I'm I'm uh, privileged to actually be in. I think that that's a it's a really interesting point you make there. Being able to sort of touch, <clears throat> you know, people from down at the barbecue to top level execs is, is such a sort of a rare thing that you'd get in working with sport. You know, if you work in a big sort of sporting organisation, it's very rare that you'll you'll sort of speak to a volunteer, but also um, you know someone on, on their executive team. So I think. That, that is quite interesting, you know, if someone obviously like yourself loves sport and, and just wants to be involved, then obviously that could be a path someone could take because, look, you, you sort of get the best of, best of both in a way. And and also just to add to that, like the exposure that you get to sports that you would never have otherwise, like you talk about the International Bowling Federation, like there'd be some incredible perks I'd imagine with uh, their connections to some of the local centres, I hope, for your sake. But like something like I don't – I can't imagine Ryan or I ever coming across 
the International Bowling Federation. So for you to have that sort of introduction is, is, is very cool and definitely not probably what you would expect. Yeah, so I think we're, we're, we're really lucky that, you know, we get to work with the likes of someone like the International Bowling Federation. And then there's a host of other sports like ice skating New South Wales, for instance, uh, one of our customers, um, right through to the AFLs of this world, through to the 18 AFL clubs, right through to other smalling organisations and, uh, and growing sporting organisations uh, like Surfing New Zealand over in New Zealand, which is a pretty cool sport to be involved with as well. Awesome. Cam, from, from your level, you're hiring people into your organization responsible for some of the talent coming in. What are some of the top qualities that you look for when you're hiring new candidates? So there's probably a couple and, you know, obviously within my stream and uh, my the area of business, we look after and servicing all our major customers from what we term internally as our sports specialists. Other organisations might call them account managers. Uh, and we also have sales and partnerships individuals as, as part of our, our growing team or the old business business development type individuals. So I think people who understand the industry and understand what makes a volunteer tick and being able to be able to present it to everyone at all levels, whether it, as we touched on, we're, we're lucky enough to deal with volunteers right through to that those senior execs at sporting organisations. So being able to deal with everyone at those levels and communication is key. From a, a business development point of view, I love people who, who blow me out of the water with energy, energy and enthusiasm. Um, and you can't, you can't train that, you can't educate that, I, I don't believe. Um, people either have it or they don't. Um, and, you know, I, I think think back to the, the last round of interviews that we did, uh, we were hiring over in the UK and uh, the person uh, who, who we brought on, she absolutely blew us out of the water with her enthusiasm and the ability to think outside the box um, and just show some different initiatives that they've implemented uh, in their previous life um, to to work with customers as well. Do you have any sort of recent examples of, of someone you hired? I guess you've, you've touched on it there around sort of energy yeah. and um, sort of being able to think outside of the box. But is, it, is there something specific that you can share with us that really impressed you about one sort of particular candidate? Yeah, well, it's actually the uh, same individual. She, she, hopefully, she doesn't mind me mentioning her name. It's Daniela, uh, one of our, our key uh, individuals of uh, part of our sales team over in the UK. And uh, she was uh, previously working for a premiership rugby club over in the UK. And she was uh, her role and responsibilities were managing partnerships, securing new partnerships and commercial revenue at that um, at that sort of level. And she was having some major issues in terms of getting in touch with a certain individual from a particular company who was going to form a partnership with this rugby club. Uh, so she, uh, to use her words, not mine, and I, I, I probably don't endorse it, but I loved it at the time, was she did a bit of stalking and found out this individual uh, liked playing golf uh, and uh, she found that this out via his Facebook page, which was open to the public, and on, on any any uh, given fair. chance, he was he was playing golf. So she uh, took the initiative to get some golf balls with their club's logo uh, printed on them, and with her email address and phone number on the other side of the golf balls. 
within five minutes of them arriving, she had a phone call that she struggled to get for about three or four weeks of time. Uh, and uh, needless to say, she got a deal done. So that, that sort of really blew my mind of someone taking that extra step, thinking outside the box, using tools at their disposal, because we all use those social media tools. We all use LinkedIn. We all look at Twitter. We all look at Facebook to, to scope out the individuals we'll be talking to. Uh, and to do it and say, well, yeah, that's what I did. And you know what? It worked. I thought it was bloody brilliant. That is that is fantastic. And Ryan, I think we've got a few ideas in terms of how we can continue to get our dream guest uh, individual onto the podcast. Uh, Cam, Fine, for I- your benefit, we've been, yeah, <laughs> we've been chasing two individuals from the Manchester City Football Club and the New York Yankees for some time now, but we think maybe our name on some sports grad golf balls with our email addresses might be the way to to finally get in touch with them. <laughs> Maybe even just your Twitter handle on the back of a yeah. golf ball. That, yeah. might, that might work for you there, Ruben, either. Yeah. Just depending <laughs> how how your Twitter is, if it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a professional Twitter account or it might be a, a little loose during the weekends. Yeah, I might have to clean it up. <laughs> uh, Cam, you worked at the NRL for, for eight years. What were some of the roles that you held during that time and, what was um, a key learning that you took away from from that governing body? Yeah, look, I um, I, I was there for about eight years. I loved my time at the NRL. I was a, I'm a, a rugby league tragic uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs fan, and uh, I know you guys are down in South South in Melbourne, so I'm not sure if if rugby league is your sport or not. Um, but yeah. The, Absolutely love my time there. And I, I, once again, similar to my role here, um, we, we had technology pro- products and platforms. And my role was to educate once again at all levels of the sport from the pro clubs right down to that grassroots volunteer, how to use a platform effectively, get the take up of those digital technology solutions and roll out a digital technology solution and ecosystem to the entire sport. Uh, so it was once again very diverse. Got to work acro- right across Australia. Um, rugby league, yeah, it is predominantly a, an East Coast sport in uh, in New South Wales, in Queensland, the ACT. It's growing in Melbourne. Uh, one of my roles that I loved was that I got to work with uh, the emerging states or the affiliated states, as they called them at the time. So being able to work directly with the Victorian states, the WAs of this world, the Northern Territories and the South Australias. So it was really, really cool. And being able to uh, travel uh, across those states and work with those state bodies and the grassroots administrators, you see the different challenges that a volunteer administrator has in the Wild West over in WA at grassroots level uh, compared to a club that is located in the city metro area or even here on the central coast in New South Wales. I I personally love when the West is referred to as the Wild West. Um, as, as a proud West Australian, I, I, I love that. So... <laughs> I, I want to keep that going, the Wild West. It is pretty wild over there at the moment given, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much life as per usual. So, <laughs> the Wild West, I love it. Cam, uh, before... No offence, the- mate, there. No offence intended. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. None <laughs> taken. <laughs> um, before you were at the NRL, you spent eight years as competitions coordinator for South Sydney District Junior Rugby League. Um, what do you think or, or what sort of platform did you sort of... Um, did that give you to build your career in the sports industry and what's some advice um, for students looking to to gain experience at, at the grassroots level? 
Yeah, I was uh, I was lucky enough to have a, a pretty good mentor uh, myself there uh, at, at the time, and it was my first job um, out of studies and out of high school, and it was an entry level job. Uh, and I started off as a twelve month traineeship, um, getting paid next to nothing for twelve months, working a, a heap of hours, uh, digging in, prepared to get your hands dirty, and I, I learnt so much in that initial twelve month time. And over my time there in the in my career um, at South Juniors, uh, which I absolutely loved, and I, I sort of. Being a small team and being a, a local community league, you don't have the resources afforded to you like uh, national sporting organisations do. So you do many roles uh, and you're prepared to to dig in and get your hands dirty. So from, you know, the title was competitions manager or competitions coordinator uh, and looking after player registrations and those competitions on a week-to-week basis, but you did marketing you did school visits, you did everything else in between that needed to be done to get the job done. So my, my advice would be uh, to those in at uni looking at getting a foot in the door into the sports industry or even technology is have a look at the opportunities that are out there, the volunteer opportunities or even internships um, to get your foot in the door and, and don't limit yourself to a particular sport challenge yourself in a sport that you couldn't see yourself working in because they're usually uh, the best experiences. And I think being able to be in my position now where I've been able to work across a variety of sports, that is just unbelievable for me personally. And to think that I have a touch point with football being soccer, AFL, basketball, NRL, touch football, well bowling, 10-pin bowling, uh, I would have laughed at myself uh, 15 years ago if I told myself that. So uh, I think that's been uh, certainly uh, one of the pieces of advice I would give is, yeah, it's going to be long hours, um, but challenge yourself and don't be don't be prepared to fail either along the way. I, I think that's great advice. And I, I got asked that question this week actually around, you know, if my dream job exists in soccer, should I still take on an internship with with table tennis? And yes, absolutely you should because you're going to learn so much about that sport which you might not realise how it's going to help you down the track. But then also knowing that your skills that you develop working in one sport are going to be transferable to another. You're not going to pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself in one sport forever. So I think what you just said around being absolutely open to take on any experience no matter what sport is is very valuable. I think as well, Cam, and you you just mentioned it there, like you had touch points over all sorts of areas, which is so important now. Like I feel if you want to work in soccer and all you know is soccer uh, up to that point, that's that's not going to give you the, the edge. The, the edge is going to be where you've had touch points with all different sports and you've done a role in another sport where you've done all sorts of things and not just you know, marketing, that like you've done all sorts of things in that role. That's what's going to sort of elevate you as a, as a preferred candidate, I feel. Yeah, and I think the, the sports digital landscape allows us to do that as well um, because we, we can plug and play with so many different sports. You know, there's a, a couple of companies down in Melbourne and, you know, they're growing working with international federations working with uh, international uh, football federations around the globe and you just don't pigeonhole yourself and you keep learning it every day is a, is a learning curve for us uh, with it when we bring on a new sport as a customer which is still great that you get to do that um, every day when you get something new as well 
You mentioned you had a great mentor when you were working around the South Sydney District Junior Rugby League competition. That wasn't Russell Crowe by any chance? Uh, it certainly wasn't Rusty, uh, that's for sure. I have uh, been privileged enough to meet him once or twice um, and even see his band play uh, at the time at the South Juniors Club. If uh, anyone doesn't know Russell Crowe's band, don't look it up because it's not worth listening to. Um, but uh, yeah, no, look, I said I, I was very lucky at the time um, at, and uh, the individual is no longer with us at the moment, but he, he certainly took us under my wing and uh, helped shape uh, my career and my passion for sports administration. Uh, it's sort of grown now even further to include sports technology and, admi- and administration, making lives easier. So I get to blend two passions into one, which is even better for me. Cam, we've mentioned a couple of times on this episode and, and some previous episodes about the Sports Tech Conference coming up. What will you be uh, presenting about? I uh, am sitting down uh, with one of our brand new customers, uh, not in Australia, but uh, emerging on the other side of the world uh, in Hong Kong Rugby Union. So I'll be sitting down with their chief commercial officer, Rocky Chow, uh, who's been involved in the sport for a long time over in Hong Kong, established a number of clubs. And uh, when people think of Hong Kong rugby, uh, they traditionally think of that crazy event, which is the World Sevens, uh, which obviously didn't take place this year. And if those out there who don't know about the Rugby Sevens, just look up Rugby Sevens in Hong Kong. It is an event that you have to uh, tick off on your bucket list. It's an event you can't miss. Um, and we sort of will talk about how they're planning for an international large-scale event in 2021 post-COVID and how they're returning to sport. Uh, and we've uh, just started working with the Hong Kong Rugby Union in more depth this year and have been able to scale a digital ecosystem for the entire sport over there, which has been quite exciting for us and comes once again with number of challenges, things like language barriers and different things, but that's what happens when you scale internationally and they're the things that we look at overcoming as well. Hong Kong Fantastic. Rugby Union is growing quite rapidly, isn't it? I, I don't know a lot about it, but, you know, I think I think rugby league's – sorry, not rugby league, rugby union. We're going rugby union. Uh, is going quite rapidly in sort of that Asian region. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, in Asia, there's been a lot of resources thrown at it recently. Uh, they held the uh, World Cup in Japan only last year, uh, which was a, a huge success with some fantastic crowds. Uh, Hong Kong Rugby Union uh, are looking at – focusing on their retention uh, and, you know, through some of their studies that they've been able to learn, they've actually, it was pretty much deemed from the outside that it was an expat sport paid by expats living in Hong Kong. Well, they know now that over 50% of their uh, participants are actually Chinese heritage base or Chinese local base players, which is quite exciting <clears> for them. So that's what their growth is looking towards. Can I just say Rocky Chow is one of the great names I've ever heard of. So shout out to Rocky. He'll no doubt be listening. Uh, He will be be for sure. (laughs) And he has got a fantastic name. (laughs) Cam, finally, if you're a student attending this conference coming up on the 20th of November, what's one main thing you would be looking to take away from the day? I I can't limit to one. Sorry, Ruben. Um, But I would say network, 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 network. Um, and don't be afraid to go and talk to people. 
Um, people at these conferences are willing to help, willing to learn. I've met some great individuals at these at this event myself over the last, been lucky enough to go. This would be my third uh, Sports Tech World Series conference, and I've been lucky enough to go to the ones internationally as well. Uh, and don't be afraid to talk to anyone because people are there to, to help you and people are there to learn, and that's what it's all about. So I, I would just say don't be afraid to introduce yourself and have that conversation with that individual. Sensational. Cam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been awesome to hear about your experience at rights holders within technology companies and how it intersects with with grassroots and so many different codes across the world. So thank you very much for for coming on to the podcast today. Ryan and Ruben, it's been a pleasure and uh, hopefully uh, the Sports Tech World Series conference goes off without a bang and uh, I look forward to hearing you there as well, uh, Ruben, uh, in your your presentation. So make sure everyone who is listening out there, don't just tune in to Rocky Chow and myself. Make sure you tune in to Ruben as well at the same time. <laughs> the, the co-main event, I think we'll call it. Uh, Cam and Rocky and then Rubes will come in and, and, and give us a bang for the last one. So... <laughs> That'll be rocky now. (laughs) (laughs) Super. I'm not too sure how mine will stack up against your chat with Rocky Chow, but uh, hopefully all goes well. However, if you you want to hear more from Cam, then it's not too late to hear him speak at the Australia Sports Tech Conference. You'll also get to see a whole bunch of other live keynote sessions and panel sessions from other global leaders across the industry. There'll be interactive breakout rooms for you to take on some of Cam's advice and, and network with people in the industry. There's an interactive event app for you to connect with some of those fellow attendees and follow up with them. There'll be content on demand that you can even catch up on after the event if there's anything you've missed. And you can do it all from the comfort of your own home. As Ryan and Cam mentioned, I'll also be there presenting. So we're pleased to offer you a 30% discount if you want to use the code SGRAD30 at the checkout. You can show you can find more details about that in our show notes. This event is not one to be missed, so make sure you grab a ticket. That's all from us. Thank you very much for listening. A reminder to please hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss out on any more episodes. Drop us a rating and leave us a review. It really does mean so much and helps us put together the show for you with more sensational guests such as Cam. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. 